Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and this month, uh, the month of February, it's time for all of our little hearts to go pitter-patter, pitter-patter. But no, I'm not talking about finding the love of your life. This month, I want all of my guests to help us focus on how we can understand that leading with love can not only be good for our minds, hearts, and psyches, but also good for our careers. That's a great opportunity to use leading with love as a competitive advantage. And so today my guest, and wait until I tell you all about her because she's got an amazing background. Lisa Fabrega is a leadership coach who helps ambitious people. And I know many of you who are listening are ambitious, nothing wrong with that, but she helps them to expand their capacity to handle more, to handle more growth, more wealth, more success. So those of you who are ambitious, she wants you to be able to have even more. And sometimes that takes meaning getting your head in the right space. For more than 10 years, she's helped entrepreneurs, corporate executives, Academy Award nominees, and even Nobel Prize organization candidates break through Now, you probably won't think that they have this, but boundaries that have been holding them back from their next level. So those of us who feel like we get stuck every once in a while, guess what? We're not alone. Her signature approach enables clients to reach their highest levels of success and impact. So it's not just what you can achieve, but how many people you reach. And she's addressed thousands of people, both on stage as a keynote speaker, as well as when she appeared on podcasts, including The Unmistakable Creative, which is a great show, Her Rules Radio, which is even better and tell me a story with Deborah Silverman. She's also been featured on CNN, Yahoo News, and the Huffington Post. And as we were just discussing, she also splits her time between California and Florida, where she's not right now, but I am with her two rescue dogs, Luna and Sadie. So Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Don't you always think when somebody's reading your bio, you're like, oh gosh, that's all me. And you're like, yes, I mean, I know I did that, but wow, that's, those are a lot of great bullet points. So that hits your highlights, but tell us a little in your own words, more about you, your business and how you help people, especially to shock their potential. Yeah. I really love this phrase, shock your potential, because it just fits so perfectly with basically what I do. Um, And the reason I even got to this whole thing about capacity is that I started my business way back in 2010-ish. And I um, 
I started as a health coach, but I noticed very quickly that a lot of my clients were very ambitious, professional women and some men as well. And they kept saying this thing over and over to me again, which was, I've tried everything, nothing's working. Or um, I was in the fancy business mind, I've done these hacks, I've done these performance hacks, these strategies, and they're just not working like they work for other people, or I can't get them to work, or I can't stay consistent. And when I kept hearing that phrase over and over again and noticed I wasn't working with people on their food anymore, and I was working with them on this, um, I realized my purpose was revealing itself through the clients I was talking to. And that's when I started to realize that there is something going on here that nobody really seemed to be naming. And it wasn't mindset. It was something deeper than mindset because, um, and I'll define it in a moment, but if you have all these amazing positive mantras that you're saying to yourself every day in the mirror, but you don't have the capacity to receive and believe that about yourself, you're mm -hmm. just repeating something that doesn't really sink in and doesn't make the difference it needs to make. And so that's when I started to realize that there's this thing called capacity that nobody's talking about really at length as much as they are talking about strategy on your way to success. And I started noticing that this was, these were the issues that the people I was working with were having. They were capacity issues. Um, mm. And so I went through this myself in 2014, 2015, when I had my business in 2014 was the first time that we just exploded. We had wait lists upon wait lists and I had not built my capacity to match uh, that level of demand. Yeah. So I, what happens when we don't have the capacity because we haven't been prioritizing it. I was so doggedly focused on getting to a certain number of uh, revenue that I didn't really think about who I would need to be to be able to hold that and sustain yeah. and maintain that. And so in 2014, 2015, we got slammed. I was burned out. And I, that's when you start making bad decisions, <laughs> making decisions from your old capacity self versus the person you need to be. And I decided, okay, let's just change up the whole business model. This will take care of the burnout, which is what no. a lot of my clients do, right? Well, no, it didn't. It actually did terribly. And we got $100,000 into debt in the business. And I spent 2015 under complete stress about this debt and trying to pay it off and trying to figure out what was working and what wasn't. And, and it was all a capacity issue. Um, and it wasn't until I spent $100,000 into debt trying to fix this problem that I realized mm -hmm. It's not a strategic problem because I had an amazing strategic team. I had great strategies. I had great Facebook ad people. You know, I had it all and yet it still wasn't working. So I spent 2016 recovering from that and really understanding what I was teaching on a whole other level, mm -hmm. which was it wasn't the strategy that made this thing not work. And in fact, if I'd had the capacity when we got slammed in 2014, I would have known that the problem wasn't my business model. The problem was things like my boundaries. It was how I reacted emotionally to people leaving negative comments or pulling nonsense with my team, you know? All mm -hmm. of those things were the actual issue. And if I had had those things at the proper level of capacity that I needed, I wouldn't have needed to change my business model. So I've lived what I teach 
it's something that is really near and dear to my heart. Um, and to wrap this up, if we want to define capacity officially, it's your ability to hold, handle, and receive every next level. Mm. And uh, yeah, so that's that's how I started. That's what I do. I help people with their capacity. I've created this framework. You know, I've been doing this for almost 11 years now. Um, I've worked with thousands of people. And you notice patterns come up. Yeah. And you start to develop a framework. And I have this whole framework I've developed now. Um, and I've identified six areas that people tend to struggle with the most when it comes to their capacity. And that's where we are today. I love it. Um, I've taken so many notes because your story reminds me of me at, at various points. Um, some right now, uh, <laughs> some a year ago, some one actually definitely from many years ago from another business. Um, and it's so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's common sense. And at the same time, just because something is common sense doesn't mean that we recognize it or do anything about it. Right. (laughs) But at the same time, thinking about capacity is not always common sense because it means you have to think bigger than where you are now. And, um, this summer I was having some good mental space. We were at my husband's family's Lake place And I have all these, uh, so I've written two books. I have more books that are in various stages of completion. And all of a sudden I'm out on the paddleboard and I had this, this brainchild of, you know, dream big, but think bigger because I always had limiting beliefs, you know, or limiting, you know, kind of a ceiling where I thought I could get to. And in order to get even where you want to in your dream, if you're not thinking farther ahead of it, then you, you'll be lucky if you get to that dream. But getting to the next one takes so much more energy. So when you're trying to help people with this concept of capacity, I mean, this is some stuff that we've hardwired into our in our psyches. How do you help them break through this and say, oh, I can do that? Yeah, that's a great question. And you know, for each human being that I work with, it's completely different, the tools that we yeah. use. Because we're all so different and you and I could have the same limiting belief, right? Or we could have the same blockage, but it the way it manifests in what we're doing or how we're struggling with it is so different. So one mm-hmm. thing I always say is that we all have a unique capacity code and we're all wired differently. And because we have a unique capacity code that we then need to figure out what's gonna actually unlock more capacity for each one of us. Um, And that's why I created the six capacities because first, the first most important thing that people skip over is, am I diagnosing the problem correctly? Because a lot Mm. of people misdiagnose, oh, I'm, I'm not able to break past this revenue for the past three years it must be this problem. But sometimes it's, it, in fact, not sometimes, most of the time, it's not what you think it is. So for example, um, a lot of people will say to me, oh, um, I think the problem, the reason I can't break past this revenue plateau is because I have um, a team problem, which I would call a structural capacity issue. Yeah. And they're convinced and they've had like very fancy business coaches tell them this. And then I get into a session with them And we actually discover that there is some deep fear of being more visible and more money in their mind equals more people seeing me, more chance of being embarrassed, more chance of being judged, you know, whatever that fear of visibility is for you. 
And then we realize this whole time you've been focused on your team and your structure, that's not the real issue. The real issue is deep down inside, you have visibility capacity issue and you're mm. afraid of being fully seen. You're afraid of the reactions you're gonna get. You are afraid that you won't be able to handle that level of visibility. And so you subtly sabotage your team constantly so that ah. you can't grow. And so, so, so what I would say is, you know, I can't tell you because there's many listeners here. I can't tell you exactly what it would be for each one of you. I'd have to talk to each one of you and understand how the capacity issues are manifesting for you. But the first place we start is what is really the issue? Because it's mm -hmm. almost never what you actually think it is. There's always something deeper going on there. No kidding. <laughs> Yeah. You know, as I'm listening to you, I'm like, oh, yes, I can see that in myself. I can see that, um, you know, in people that I know. Um, and it's it's that element of, of being able to step back far enough from a problem to see it for what it is and not through the lens that you're looking at it. Because it's, it is, we, we do make assumptions. We do um, get ideas in our heads of what and why instead of saying, okay, if I really step back and if I was, if I was helping someone else to diagnose this problem, what questions would I be asking them? What would I be, what would I be concerned about where their focus is rather than, you know, uh, you know, where it should be versus where it is right now. And so and that's why one of the things I always say when I interview coaches, um, on the podcast is it's, it's amazing to me the role that coaches have played and can play in people's personal and professional lives today. And it's really that opportunity to have somebody help, you know, open the shutters to something that you're not seeing that, that, that view is blocked. Um, but I think that a lot of times people are hesitant to do that because they know that once you are with somebody that's going to help you open that up, yes, you may be more successful after it, but boy, there's a painful part where you're vulnerable or where you have to, there's something maybe you're not proud of, or you're embarrassed of. And, and I, those things then also create capacity issues for us, don't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is, that's why it's very important to get to the root first and then build from there because there's always something deeper that's causing the blockage. And then the, the, the beautiful thing. And one thing that I love that you said at the beginning of our interview is that this stuff affects you at every level. So don't think that this doesn't happen to the Academy Award nominees that I have worked with, to the eight-figure business owners that I have worked with, to the people on boards of $100 million companies. Like they're having the same issues because mm -hmm. every time you go up to another level in your life or in your work, new challenges appear. And so your capacity gets challenged in a different way. You have to you're going from a pint-sized container to a gallon-sized container. And then you're going from a gallon-sized container to a five-gallon-sized container. Yes. If you're a growth-oriented person, which if you're listening to this, you are. Um, so these capacity is something I tell my clients, you're working on this for life. You're always going to be working on your capacity if you want to grow. Some people don't. <laughs> but that's nobody listening to this. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't think so. I just like being right in the box that I'm in today. <laughs> so, you know, with this, with this concept, I think it fits so nicely with, you know, my theme of the month for leading with love, because I really do believe that, you know, people who operate from a place of positivity, a place of love, love for themselves, love of what they're doing, love of the other people around them, love for who they're doing their 
job four, meaning, you know, the impact you have on people, places, or things. Um, I firmly believe that those things become a competitive advantage for us and that they can also help us be better. Not only, you know, maybe get you ahead, but help you internally better. So, you know, what are your thoughts on that? What, what are your thoughts on whether or not this is truly a competitive advantage for people? It is absolutely a competitive advantage. And there's something that I have been quoting for many years. It's a Dalai Lama quote. I'm going to butcher it because I can't remember it exactly. <laughs> but he said something like, it used to be that traits like love, compassion, and kindness were nice extras to add on to your personality or to your dealings or whatever it might be. But in today's world and in the world of the future, they are going to be non-negotiables. And if you look at the world that we are in today with, with pandemics, um, increasing division among you know political parties, and especially if you're in the US, in the US, and you know the internet there's so much nastiness that people do mm -hmm. hiding behind their screens there's a lot of challenging situations things that are challenging our capacity on a constant basis and if we don't have the capacity to be able to to this i call this your embodiment capacity it's your emotional spiritual and mental capacity which every leader needs if you don't have the capacity to be able to receive a nasty email from someone and step back and go, that's their thing. This has nothing to right. do with me and keep moving forward on your journey of helping others. If you don't have that capacity and instead you waste your time arguing with that person or throwing something nasty back at them. Like, are you really contributing to what you came here to contribute to in the world? Number right. one. Number two, I think because of the situation our world is in right now, people are looking for leaders who are leading differently, who yes. can handle all the nastiness and not let it get them down and keep moving forward. So if we want to lead with love, we need capacity to be able to lead with love and not get sucked into all the dramas of daily life, because all those ways that we get sucked into these little dramas and get pulled away from from love and from kindness and compassion and however that manifests in your work those are all little power leaks and all these little power leaks turn into a gushing waterfall of power leakage and then you wonder mm. why you're burned out you wonder why you don't have the ability to show up consistently for your mission yeah. every day so absolutely it i agree with the dalai lama a hundred percent they are non-negotiables you 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 cannot survive in the coming world and the world that we are in without those traits. I, I agree. And I was thinking, you know, when you're talking about, you know, if you get a nasty email and uh, so as you were talking, I, I was thinking a couple of things. I was thinking about you saying, you know, during that one point in time where you're like, gosh, even the, you know, a negative response or something, you know, made me want to, you know, hunker down. And I had one of my team, my team has been working really hard to, uh, boost our social media presence and, you know, get more followers and, and they're doing an amazing job. And one of my team said something about, you know, I can't wait till your first YouTube video goes viral. And my first response is I don't ever want one of mine to go viral. And let me tell you why, until you were talking about this, I didn't think about this. Why, what my capacity issue was, because they're like, what, of course you want to go viral because, um, I sent a, I'm, I made a tweet. This was a couple years ago. 
And by the way, whenever, whatever I do in social media, you will never hear a negative thing come from me. It is only positive. If I don't have something good to say, it does not go out. And it doesn't mean that I don't have, you know, things that I'd like to say at times, but it never goes out. Everything is positive. And I had watched this, um, these two young men in Philadelphia uh, were kicked out of a Starbucks and they're black men and they were waiting for a business meeting and they were not only asked to leave, the police were called. It's a horrible situation. Um, talk about, you know, really horrible things all the way around should never have happened. And I then saw them on an interview and I was so impressed with how they weren't angry about that. They weren't, you know, they were, they wanted to get the message out. They wanted to talk. They wanted to start a dialogue. And I was so impressed thinking, how could these two men who had that situation have such a positive outlook on this? You know, I was so impressed. So I tweeted this and I, and I, and it was basically that, like, I'm so impressed. Like this is, this makes me so proud. And I tweeted it at a time where a story about them was going viral. So my tweet got pulled into the viral machine. So everything that was trending. And all of a sudden, my tweet has, now in fairness, probably 95% of people saying, I agree, absolutely, amen. But the 5% were people telling me that I shouldn't have an, an input on it. And I'm, I don't understand their story. And, you know, and, and it was all, it felt so personal and it was such an attack. And even though 95% of it was positive, that 5% just made me, I was, I couldn't get away from my phone. And finally, I'm like, what am I doing? I have to, I have to just stop. I can't read any of these. I have to know that I put that out in the world the way I wanted it to. I believe in it. There we go. But it created a boundary for me. You know, it, it gave me a capacity issue to think, well, then I never want anything to go viral again <laughs> because those 5% of people made me want to go <laughs> pull the cover over my head and suck my thumb for the next hour and a half or 14 days. I don't know. But those are things that I think we don't always think about that may hold us back. That also leading with love, I should just say, hey, 95% of the people were fabulous and very positive, and I did it out of love and respect. So I need to feel good about that. Yeah, that's that's such a great example of a hidden capacity issue lurking. And, you know, the other nuance I want to add to this amazing example is another thing that happens is that sometimes we do mess up and we get called out, right? Mm -hmm. And it may be because that's it's you're making me think of this type of example too which is sometimes we we say something from a place of not full awareness and and that's how we learn someone calls us right. out and tells us like hey maybe you should say it this way or you know that's not the right word to use or whatever right and when we have capacity and I'll tell you because I've been called out before um and you know and I will continue to I'm sure because there are areas that we all have in terms of blindness in our perspective. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it was really interesting. Like when you have capacity, you're not then afraid to mess up in public. And we, a lot mm -hmm. of people are afraid to mess up in public, which is actually like a very like old toxic patriarchal kind of view of the world. Like you have to be perfect always. And you're not allowed right. to make any mistakes, which is very not loving too, by the way. And it's yeah, very no kidding. Shaming. It's very shaming. 
Um, but when we have capacity, especially embodiment capacity, which is what you're talking about, um, you can get called out and go, you know what, you're right. You're right. And it stings. I'm embarrassed. Maybe you said it a little rougher than I'd like for you to say it. But underneath what you're saying, you're 100% right. And to be able to say that in front of other people, you're right. Yeah. I messed up. And thank you. And yeah, I've learned. Like even that and not be embarrassed or afraid that you had to do that and not feel like you had to keep up some facade that you didn't mess up. That in and of itself is capacity. And think of the amazing example that that gives to the people who are watching you and listening to you. So then that just being able to be wrong in public takes mm -hmm. this thing away of even negative comments or call out yeah. or whatever, because we're not putting so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect all the time. We understand that right. having capacity means being able to take feedback that may not be so easy to hear sometimes too, publicly yeah. even. <laughs> no kidding. I know. And it is, it's true. I think it's so, it's so important is that, you know, in our Instagram perfect world, previously the perfect Pinterest world, um, you know, we still are about, we're creating new capacity issues for ourselves thinking that, you know, that you have to achieve that. I love it when people put on like their Pinterest fails, you know, like here's the picture that was there and here's what I did. I love those because the person who can say, here's what I tried, here's what I did. That makes me go, oh, I'm so proud of you for putting that up because yeah. it's such a reminder that none of us are perfect. There's just no way. Right. But it, <laughs> but it, it shouldn't keep us from trying. Right. It takes capacity to show up imperfect and to still feel that you have the right to keep showing up even when you mess up, right? Yes. Instead of going into shame and hiding, and then we lose your important voice and we lose the beauty that you are here to share all because of this one little hang up. Yeah. I'll tell you another funny quick story is um, I, this fall or last fall, I was doing a bunch of live broadcasts and I'm going to start that up again at the beginning of the year. I was doing them every Friday. And uh, one Friday, and so I was taking questions from people that I would get through the week. But um, this one week, I said, "Look, I'm not taking this question from anybody else. I'm gonna, I'm gonna share this." And I, I shared the story about, um, you know, I've been getting, like you, I've been getting all these amazing guests on my podcast. And one day, I was just in this mental fog, and I was like, you know, after days and days of all these people that have done so well, and I'm like, I'm so depressed. Like, why? why am I not making $10 million, you know? And so I had all these things and I, and I, I wrote, I did my thing and I talked about jealousy. Although people reminded me later, it wasn't jealousy, it was envy. And I, so I had this whole thing and I'm like, look, here's what I was going through. And I'm not going to lie. I still have a little bit of it right in there, uh, you know, right there in that heart. But I'm, you know, I'm going to take this, look at this and say, I'm going to learn everything I can from these people and I'm going to embrace them. And by the way, I, there's probably a lot of people who look at me and say, why can't I have what she's doing? You know, I know that there's great things that I've done and I know that there's a lot of successes that I've had. And it really helped me to look that way, to look at it that way. And I'll tell you, I had so many amazing responses to that broadcast, but none of them made the comment in the comment section that was live. All the comments came to me in emails or text messages or private messages. 
no one made comments in it, maybe one person. And I thought, isn't that interesting? I spill my guts and everybody's like, I totally agree. I've been there, done that. But they would only tell me one-on-one. <laughs> so many of them I've given grief to. I'm like, really? You couldn't put that in the comment section? That helps me get it. That could help me make it go viral. <laughs> right. Right. Well, it's because people, it's visibility capacity issues. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's oh my goodness. You Visibility is, uh, we, we do virtual retreats and we do one for visibility. And that is the one that sells out like this every single time. It's a yeah. huge issue. I love it. Ah, oh, you have such great information. Have you written a book yet? Uh, no, not on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> on other topics. <laughs> okay. We'll get into that later. Um, I know we're going to have all of your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to find you right now, cause they want to be in that visibility workshop. What's yeah. the best way for them to find you? Yeah, you can go to my website at lisafabrega.com. And on there, you can actually, um, if you put in your, your name and email address, we have an amazing um, video that we send you that asks, it's called why everything you're trying isn't working. Three questions you must answer to realign. So I ask you some three very powerful questions that I bet you nobody has asked you yet about why things are not working. And you can journal on them and get some more information about where your capacity might be um, experiencing a deficit. I love it. That is fantastic. Before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? I do. I would say if you're having an experience where you're hitting a plateau, whether it be financial in a relationship, or you feel like you keep throwing spaghetti at the wall, trying things and things are not working, I just want you to take a moment to consider that maybe it's not another hack or strategy that you need. It might be time to look at your capacity. I love it. Lisa, thank you very much. Great and absolutely powerful message. So glad you shared it with us. And I'm very glad that we're connected. Thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you. And thank you for asking such fabulous questions.